1: Chuck Roundsville and Gordon Ford. And
2: straight ahead to the five, to the two, to the one. In the end zone is Jerry and Ely. Touchdown, Ole Miss.
1: Bringing you the lowdown on everything with Ole Miss Athletics.
2: Near side, there's a pitch. It's on the turf, and the Rebels recover
1: it. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Texting your questions and comments to 662 426 1093. That's 662
3: 426 1093. I guess you don't
2: have to, but you need to steal for Rodriguez, he'll go coast-to-coast, one-handed stuff with a right hand. Swung on, fly ball, deep field, that ball is long gone, headed toward the scoreboard, hit right below it, and the Rebels take a one-to-nothing lead on a bomb by Tim Elko. And here it is, we're underway in the Sugar Bowl.
1: Now here's your host, Gary Darby.
4: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Canna Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary, Chuck, Gordon, Yancey, we're all in the house. We're here in North Mississippi back in uh, the saddle again and to talk with you after football season's regular season is done. We've got basketball discussion to get into today as well. We'll get Harry Harrison on in the next segment. We will have the almost basketball coach, Kermit Davis, on as well. And we'll continue with a look at recruiting, we will look into the C Spire Connerly Trophy watch list, one final regular season time, we'll do a lot of different things along the way. Since we were last here, almost lost the Egg Bowl, 24-22 basketball, successful, but lost to the championship game over the weekend, so we'll kind of get into all of that for you as we go. Mr. Chuck, hello. What's going on, fella? Another day. Yeah. Finish up the month of November, not a happy day for... uh, Eh. For football fan, fandom, I guess maybe it depends on how you look at it, right?
5: It is for Mississippi State fans.
4: It's, that's <laughs> correct. That's correct.
5: Um, well, you know, hey, th- we didn't deserve to win the game. I mean, the way I saw it, I'm, you may see it different, but um, State shut us down in the second half with a lot of run blitzes and zero coverages and made us look bad. I mean, you know, and they wow. – We're lucky that we had a chance at the end that Will Rogers fumbled on the three-yard line, and then we put together a really good drive to get us back in it and hopefully put it in overtime. But then, uh, you know, shovel pass for the two-pointer. Eh. Not my favorite.
4: Yep. And then, you know, had to use the two timeouts there, too, at the end. So you had to onside uh, kick. You had to do those kinds of things while trying to get the two-point conversion.
6: Gary, you don't use those timeouts. They're not going to be aggressive with that ball, right, when they get it back on the failed two-pointer. You'd think. And, you know, you go timeout, timeout, timeout. You get the ball about, about a minute 04, minute 14 and you got plenty of time uh, to come down and line up for a field goal. Uh, it just, that was really a bat breaker. Lane said in the press conference, though, Chuck, that he had substituted somebody and then they slow played it as we've seen now when you do substitute a player there wasn't enough time on the clock to get the call in i mean to get the play off and then the second time out of use because they didn't like the defensive set state was in so i guess if you do the first one you know you're kind of well they started in. to.
5: He, he was griping because they started to the play clock before
6: they you got, know, they they, got yeah. going yeah yeah well, okay um uh, regardless, they had to use a timeout yeah. to stop it from being a delay of game, So,
5: But, I mean, you know, we didn't play good enough to win. No. That's the bottom line. It we... was a
6: circus, Chuck. You know, those yeah. last three weeks was a complete circus, and it wore on everybody. And, you know, it was kind of almost like an NCAA probation when you, when you get the letter, right, everything's hanging over the program. It was just a circus. Call it like it is. The whole yeah.
4: Woodney or Woodney or Willie or Waney, and uh, Lane Kiffin is still the coach at Ole Miss, and uh, now you'll wait and see whatever is next. You can text message the program at 662 426 1093. Some of you have a couple of baseball, uh, probably football questions, a couple of basketball questions to get into, and we'll get to those coming up later in the program. 662 426 1093. Go ahead,
7: Gordon. No, I thought I'm like shock. I don't think they played good enough to win, and uh state ended up beating them, and, but. But at the end of the day, like Destry rides again in that old show, the Portal King rides again. He's still there.
4: Well, we'll see what the portal has for us. First part of the show brought to you by First South Farm Credit. Over 100 years of experience supporting our communities and agriculture, ready to guide you through your financial journey at First South Farm Credit.
5: Now, yes? So Ole Miss has got four that have entered the portal already. Okay. Uh, Quarterback Luke Altmaier, which is no surprise. Running back Kentrell Bullock, which is no surprise. Defensive end linebacker Brandon Mack, which is no surprise. The only surprise to me was DeMond Clowney, defensive end linebacker. I thought he'd stick around. I thought he had a good future here. But I think the problem is he's too small for a, a hand-on-the-ground defensive end in a three-man front, which it seems like they're bound and determined to keep running. And uh, – He's, he doesn't have a good enough lateral movement for an outside linebacker in the three in the three-man front he'd be ideal in a four-man front with a stand-up defensive end and that's what he'll do he'll go to a school with that over 200 in the portal today and one of the things
4: that I saw time now for some thoughts from Yancey from outback Steakhouse our friend Steve Grantham currently runs nine outback Steakhouse locations in Mississippi and Tennessee and here they are
6: Thank you, Gary. First thought of the day, I for one, I'm excited about Lane Kiffin returning. The makeup for the 2022 uh, three-team can be special. Blowing up the team because Kiffin stuck to his policy of not discussing coaching rumors and contracts until the end of the year would have been the wrong move. Kudos to Keith Carter to stick into his guns. Second, Egg Bowl. Thought it was simply lost in one simple area. MSU decided to go to a zero blitz defense in the second half and Ole Miss never adjusted into the final drive. Third thought, looking at the transfer portal, here are the biggest uh, areas that need to be addressed. Go find a backup quarterback, two proven receivers, regardless of what Mingo does. Grab two tight ends, a rush in, two linebackers, a quarterback, and for goodness sakes, a punter. Fourth thought, personally, I'm happy to see the news that Auburn hired Hugh Freeze. He paid for his mistakes, and most of us know he will do big things on the planes. The Tigers finally got it right this time. Fifth thought, hey, Ole Miss fans, you have something unique brewing with this Ole Miss basketball team. Get to the pavilion. You'll be glad you did. Harry Harrison's on the other side.
3: When you think car, we want you to think Canon. Whether you're in the market for gas, hybrid, or electric vehicles, our team has got you covered. We're invested in your future and in seeing that you have the experience you deserve, even after you get your car. Pre-order or bring home a new Chevrolet Silverado or a Chevrolet pre-owned vehicle from Canon Chevrolet of Oxford today. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody.
8: Equal housing winners.
9: you know she's worth it. Attention, Camp Lejeune toxic water victims. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson with important information that you need to know. If you or a loved one lived or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987 and developed cancer or another major disease, you may have a claim for money damages. To have your claim reviewed, call Roberts Wilson PA Injury Lawyers at 662-533-9111 or visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com.
1: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
4: Welcome back to the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary Darby with you here in studio with Chuck and with Gordon and with Yancey as we are bringing this one to you on uh, the final show of November. We'll move into December. We've got Harry Harrison scheduled to be on with us this portion of the show, brought to you by Gateway Tire, serving you since 1929, 54 locations across six states. Gateway Tire goes the distance to uh, for you. Harry, are you with us today?
8: Man, I'm with you. I thought maybe you were playing that song for me. I was once a young man.
5: <laughs> we all were, Harry.
8: <laughs> I think I I'll was. You, I can't remember I've never that had far a back. Go by as quick as this one. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's Ooh, and that's the truth. Amazing. Oh my goodness! Absolutely.
5: Well, Harry, but well, you you know, looking at the Egg Bowl, um, I, I'm not like a lot of fans. I thought the defense played pretty good. They made some big plays, forced some turnovers, held State to 24 points. Yep. Um, I thought this was in the lap of the offense, and I I hate to point fingers, but that's what it looked like to me.
8: Well, Chuck, I I have to agree with you. I thought, you know, there was some – you know, I I go back to that three-man front trying to stop a run, and, of course, State didn't come in as a running team averaging 77 yards a game. I think they wound up with 90-something in the game, but that wasn't the difference in the game. Uh, Rebels held them to 24 points defensively. And uh, offense got in the red zone first three times, three field goals. You know, the same same scenario we had over at Arkansas. And then we went for it on fourth down and didn't make it. You know, had we kicked the field goal there, that would have been the difference in the game at the end. But I just thought our, our, our red zone offensive line just got got smoked. We couldn't get our run game started, Chuck, because, uh, you know, Judkins had break through the line. Momentarily, you know, a defensive lineman or linebacker would tackle within two or three yards of the line of scrimmage. Never got him out in the open, and I just thought that was, uh, you know, Zach Evans, you know, for whatever reason, didn't have a, a very good game either. And all starts up front. I really thought that was the difference in the game.
5: No question. I, I thought I thought de- uh, State's defensive plan and their defensive front six or seven pretty pretty salty.
8: I thought they were too, Chuck, and, and I liked what they did walking guys up. I, that's what I said in the pregame. That's what the Rebels needed to do. You don't have to blitz every time, but make him think you are. You, you can drop out of it or you can bring one and drop one, whatever you want to do, but don't do not do the same thing every play. And I thought we got into too many three-man rushes and, and eight drops. But once again, I still don't think that was the difference in the game. I thought our offense only scored you know, the 22 points was the difference in the game. Too many field goals in the red zone. Not enough touchdowns.
5: And what do you think the issue was in the red zone the last few games, uh, Harry? I mean, execution or getting whipped up front? Or? I,
8: I think, I think well, I mean, you can say execution, but you, you, basically you're getting whipped, Chuck. I thought their defensive front, and, and their front six played better than our front, front six, or if you include the tight end. I just thought they whipped us up front when you get down there. At some point, uh, you know, we all run this spread offense and it's smoke and mirrors a lot of times. But when you get inside the red zone, sometimes it's not smoke and mirrors, Chuck. You got to get a hat on a hat and, and the, the best guy's got to win. And uh, I just didn't think we got that done the other night.
5: Well, so what's your guess on? Um, I mean, I know you don't know and neither does anybody. What's, what's your guess on a bowl game?
8: So we're guessing tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, totally (laughs) guessing. Well, I mean, you know, I'm reading just like everybody else is. I think it's an outside chance we wound up down deep down in Florida. I'm thinking possibly Gator Bowl or or or, uh, the uh, Music City Bowl in Nashville. I think that probably fits our. our, uh, Resume, one of those two games. I, you know, once again, it depends. Uh, can somebody get beat in the top four on Saturday and Alabama slip in in the national, you know, playoffs? I mean, if you really had two teams in the playoffs, then that cuts down on the on the guys up ahead of us. And so we got to wait and see, but one, certainly for that to shake out. But, you know, you got Tennessee, you got Alabama, you got LSU is going to be ahead of us. And so one of them will be in the Sugar Bowl. One could be in the Orange Bowl. Uh, But uh, you know, if you get two in the playoffs, then that certainly would help. But you know, if that doesn't happen, then I think we drop down the order, and I think it would be you know possibly Gator Bowl or possibly uh, Music City Bowl in Nashville.
5: Harry, I'm I'm a firm believer that uh, that you are what your record says you are. This is the 8-14.
8: It is, Chuck. Uh, I just thought the last three games – and, and and you know, this is one of those unique seasons when all the, the chatter started after Auburn fired their guy second week of October and all that uh, distraction continued to build and continue to build and continue to build. And, you know, let's blame the media. We're part of that. But everybody had their opinion. They just knew it was right because they knew somebody who knew somebody. And as it turned out, it turned out like we thought it was going to be Chuck. He's going to stay here and be our coach. Uh, And Hugh Freeze was announced today as the head coach at Auburn, and he'll do well there. I'm happy for him. But, uh, you know, I I don't care what the players said. If you let that distraction come into your head just once during the game, that's one too many. And it it can certainly take away what you're out there trying to do or or your preparation to get. And then I thought also, again, Chuck, you know, Casey Kelly got hurt uh, earlier in the season, maybe against Alabama. And then was unable to play uh, much at all. He got re injured at Arkansas, didn't even dress the other night, and then, you know, trig nowhere to be found. And uh, so, you know, I-, I thought Jonathan Mingo did a really good job of trying to be that H-back, even though that's not what he does. Uh, at least he was. He looked apart. But I think, we, you know, I think from a tight end standpoint, we-, we missed some opportunities not having one of those guys in there.
5: Absolutely, because in this offense, in the run game, the, the tight end is important, and, and and we just didn't have one.
8: No, that's right. That's exactly right. A lot of times that H-back will come across the formation and pick up that offside end, and, and our, our safety creeping up to make some plays behind the line scrimmage, and State did that a few times. We didn't get that blocked, and I thought that was important as the game wore on. But once again, I don't think you can hire, score 22 points a game uh, against your rival and expect to win every year.
6: Harry, looking back on the season now going into the year, what is your biggest surprise, pleasant surprise about this team and maybe unpleasant surprise about this team?
8: Well, I thought uh, our run game really turned out better than I was giving it credit for. I mean, I knew we had some some terrific backs. I just wasn't wasn't sure how well our run game offense with our offensive line was going to be. I knew we had some veterans up there, but I thought that we we, – well exceeded what I was predicting from a run standpoint, Yancey. I thought we'd be more you know, balance from a run-pass standpoint. And I thought Jackson Dart got better. I thought he hit a little lull kind of in the middle of the season. But I thought – I really thought Saturday uh, – excuse me, last Thursday was Jackson Dart's best game. I really did. Uh, uh, he was able to get away from pressure from time to time, make some good throws. And I thought he found the right hot receiver each time. He got an opportunity. So, I think I think we got a bright future with him next year as a quarterback. I think having those 12 games – under his belt and hopefully, uh, go through a bowl game and no injury there. But, uh, I, I you know, I thought that, uh, we knew, you know, we knew it was going to be a fall off from Matt Corral. There was no way it couldn't be. Right. And so I thought that that kind of played out like I thought, but you know, Matt probably won the Tennessee game for us last year, kind of put us on his shoulders and maybe another game. And Jackson was not really to do that. I didn't think he was uh, of that caliber yet. Now, that's not to mention next year. He could very well do the same thing, but, uh, I thought that played out like it did, and uh, I thought our defense would be a little little saltier down the down the uh, end of the road. And, and I thought we gave up some you know some pretty big yards and some chunk plays, especially against Arkansas. I thought we really gave up some chunk plays there. But uh, you know, I, I can't see too many things I thought would be different. Other than I, I thought the run game was better than I really thought it was going to be going into season.
5: Harry, I thought that. Uh as the competition got better our two young offensive tackles sort of got exposed with with their inexperience i think they're really going to be quality players moving forward but their lack of experience didn't show against lesser teams but it did as you got against the
8: better teams and i would agree with that i would agree with that and that may have something to do with the red zone scoring too chuck it very well could be uh uh I think they both got a lot of ability, and you know, first year in the, in the fire. And I think next year and beyond, it's going to be really good. Uh, it depends on who's coming back on that offensive line. You know, do you get? Uh, uh, we know we're going to lose uh, Nick Broker, but beyond that, do we know? You know, and we really don't. So, if all the other four come back, we'll be in good shape. And you, you, you know, place Eli Acker in there and somebody else. They got some young guys that are really high on. The, uh, I think it's Cushman, the offensive guard, they're really high on. And so he'll see a lot of the field next year. So the future is very bright for Old Miss football, guys.
4: All right, my buddy. We'll catch up with you on another Monday night down the road. Thanks for being with us.
6: All right. Sorry, Enjoy Thank to you. you, Harry.
4: Harry Harrison with us on the show tonight. We've got text messages and a few other things to go on the program. It's the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.
9: Attention, Camp Lejeune toxic water victims. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson with important information that you need to know. If you or a loved one lived or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987 and developed cancer or another major disease, you may have a claim for money damages. To have your claim reviewed, call Roberts Wilson PA Injury Lawyers at 662-533-9111 or visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com.
1: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next...
4: Time for those text messages brought to you by Ken and Cleary McGraw. Then we'll get the Rebel Injury Report from Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Let's start basketball first on the texts, and that is, do you feel this basketball team will make the NCAA tournament? Yes, I do. And explain.
7: And I'll tell you why. right. A, they've got better players. They're more cohesive. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them or not, but they played in that tournament and went to the finals with a lot of good teams in there, and the SEC is weaker this year. They've lost a lot of coaches, and they've lost a lot of players. I think there's six new jobs open where I don't think that they've really replaced people in a strong way, and I think that's at least six wins. So what do you got to win, 12 or 14 to get in? So I think the Rebels win 20 to 21 games.
5: You heard it here first. There you go. Mr. Gordon. I got to say this. The tournament down there changed my perception of them quite a bit. They got, they still got problems putting the ball in the hole. Yeah. If they figure that out, they play good defense. But they're better at it, well. it than they were. They play good defense. They rebound. They just got to start shooting.
4: I got to see him twice, and and called the game against UT Martin. You know, on the radio. I'll say this: he's deeper than he has been. Mm-hmm. There's there's deeper talent mm-hmm. here. Um, and a, we'll get that great conversation coming up with him a little bit later on. And I think it did show there. And, I mean, had the opportunities. The shots just didn't fall, as Chuck said, that at the end, trying to score in the last that's two minutes. A,
5: that's a common refrain, though, in the last couple of years. And somebody's got to step up.
4: All right, let's get into the football side. With the noise of the last two weeks, LK needs to recruit well and win bowl game. Agree?
5: Well, sure. That's <laughs> always a, an objective. I mean, Um. yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh,
4: Another one is, I don't know about you guys, but it's like the Rebels completely abandoned their offensive identity on the opening drive in most of the game. Judkins has to touch the ball no matter what the script calls for. Your thoughts?
5: Yes, sir, absolutely. And, And I thought State showed some looks that you would rather throw against than run, but you still have to get him in a rhythm somehow.
4: You know, especially when you got down in that, Red zone, down inside. Yeah, give him the ball. But how much does that, tight in not being there, blocking?
5: It's substantial, that but, was big. But, but give him the ball. Let's see. He still got to get Let's that one yard, right? Yeah.
4: And the final one is how much or how many staff changes do you expect after the bowl game?
5: Oh, that's, that's unpredictable as it can be. I understand that there's two or three of them expect to be promoted at other schools, you know, from a position coach to a coordinator, I heard Charlie Weiss is in line maybe to be the head coach at FAU where he was a coordinator under Lane. So all that's going to be moving parts till we won't know to guess is just silly. And th- there will be changes
6: of oh, some, yeah. some, sure, some kind. Sure.
4: I don't think there's any doubt there will be changes. How many? Who knows?
6: History shows that over half the staff changes each year with Kiffin.
4: And, and that's just that's just a matter of fact and, and the way it is and we'll see how all of that will play out. Now to the injury report, if we have any, Oxford Orthopedics
5: and Sports Medicine. Yeah, Ruffin can't can't wait for him to come back off that bone bruise. I. I thought he'd be back by now, Gordon. You know anything on that? Well,
7: uh, Dick Vitale, when they were talking about you know doing the play-by-play on the game, said that they expect him to be back by the Memphis game. But we'll have Coach Davis on, and he can confirm that. But yeah. that's what they had said. He was
4: also calling it an ACL, which he has obviously Well, He's hurt. 84 years
7: old and has a stroke. <laughs> man,
6: I mean, come on.
5: He's hard to listen to now. Goodness
6: gracious, yeah, he's pretty bad. poor
5: thing. Yeah, poor so, thing. What,
6: Talk talk about Casey Kelly. Uh, Kiffin said that he had surgery on his shoulder last week. Uh, what's what's this situation? You know anything?
5: Yeah, he's probably out. I mean, I probably out, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, and you know, Trigg is still lollygagging around. I that, that young man's got to grow up. That's just all it is to it. He's he's been healthy for three weeks and he's a no-show. I heard he's late for meetings. Late for practice, you know, dragging around, not doing what he's supposed to do, that's immaturity. He's not a bad kid. That's just immaturity. And and he's got to grow up because he, he's too good a talent to be on the sidelines, not playing. Too good. 662-426-1093 six, six, two, two, oh, is the number
4: to text message in. This, one, this injury part kind of comes from me because in watching and, and following along, there was so much about the hamstring and Jalen Robinson, I think, was huge not to have out there in some speed situation for Ole Miss.
5: Yeah, and he
4: just couldn't get that well.
5: Yeah, I mean, and it's all, it was all year, it's pretty much the same with Jalen Knox. That's true. Yeah, you know, and, and Jalen is a guy that caught fifty five passes at Missouri in one year. I mean, he's he's a player, and we never could get him healthy and get him on the field, just like Jalen Robinson.
4: Six six two four two six one zero nine three. Coming up, the head coach of the Omaha basketball team, Kermit Davis, will be with us, and we'll get into the tournament there. Plus, uh, we'll do one more of these regular season ceasefire Trophy watch lists—just uh, four teams to talk about—and then the nominees again. Anybody have any any well, in the last one minute or so that we have here? Anything, Yancey, that you want to bring up before we head to the break?
6: Yeah, I mean, I just think that the portal coming up on December fifth is just going to be monster for next year's team, and, and Lane's got to address the areas of need that I spoke of in the five thoughts.
4: With all the coaching changes, too, right? This December signing day, Wisconsin is boom hired a guy. Nebraska's got a guy. Auburn finally got their guy. I mean, it's a lot of openings and things, and it's changed that landscape well, too.
5: Well, and let me tell you something. I think that that's something that the NCAA didn't take into account when they initiated this early signing that this is the time when new staffs come in and and the fired guys go out and and it just disrupts. Imagine if Lane Kiffin had had left and gone to Auburn. It would have blown this recruiting class completely up and the new guy wouldn't have time
4: to resurrected. None. And, you know, that's why Auburn gets rid of theirs early. Georgia Tech got rid of theirs, two, you know, what, week four or whatever it is. That's why guys are getting fired when they're getting fired now.
6: But, Chuck, what, what do you do about the transfer portal? Regardless, if you move the high school uh, early signing period and made it back to February, those those college kids have still got to have a decision before during the Christmas yeah. break. So what yeah. do you do? I I, I don't know. But. There's no solution. And it's going to get worse because more and more schools are going to start changing coaches during the season to have their ducks yeah. in a row for December the 5th.
5: Yeah, and more and more kids are going to start going in the transfer portal too. If you're not playing, what? Well, why not? You know?
6: Yep. that's why they, I spent high turnover this year on the old Miss roster. Lane Kiffin has the pro mentality where you don't play a whole lot of kids. You're going to play your starters, the majority, in the second string. The rest of the guys are kind of left out in the cold, so those guys are going to leave each and every year. Sure.
4: All right, we'll come back with the head coach of the Ole Miss basketball team, Kermit Davis, after a timeout. It's the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yaw Hotline.
10: Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville.
3: Looking for the largest selection of wine and
6: spirits in North Mississippi? Look no further than High Cotton's Wine and Spirits Warehouse in Oxford, located just behind Rebel Racks. You'll find some of the rarest wines that can only be found at High Cotton Wine and Spirits. They offer their customers a unique experience through their employees' expertise in the wine and spirits industry. The High Cotton Wine and Spirits Warehouse is a destination place for all of you true wine and spirit connoisseurs. Come visit us six days a week from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at High Cotton Wine and Spirits.
2: That's EUFY Video Lock, or visit EufieOfficial.com/slash Video Lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
1: Ole Miss Football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors
4: of things in our game day outlook brought to you by roberts wilson pa they only represent the people consultation free they go to work immediately after being hired so for that free initial consultation concerning any injury call 533 533 9111 or go to wegetjustice.com our friend and basketball coach kermit davis is with us his team goes into the ESPN Events Invitational, gets to the championship game, beating Stanford, Siena, and then uh, 59-55, drops one to Oklahoma. But, Coach, um, uh, I think we found a lot about your team in Orlando. Do you you agree with that, that you found a lot about these guys? And, again, you trying to figure out that rotation. What do you think?
11: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think you see it around a lot of college basketball, too. You know, we help serve at home. Had some good moments, but uh, I think had some good mid major teams, but kind of stepped it up in a, in a level. And, uh, you know, you really saw the emergence of uh, Amari Abrams. I mean, T.J. Caldwell was really hampered by a bad ankle, and it was amazing what he did really there. Thought uh, Jamin Brakefield, you know, for the tournament, averaged about 13-8, and eight, played better. Javis McGinnis kind of found his way. So I don't think there's any question about it that, our team improved. we still got a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, disappointed we didn't win the game. But I know one thing, we're, we're a heck of a lot better uh, by playing in that tournament in Orlando. Coach,
7: Gordon Ford here. You know, I watched y'all in there. It seems like y'all have got a lot more depth than you've had. You mentioned Jamin Brakefield. It seems like he's gotten a lot better. You know, people have been kind of hard on him. But, I mean, he's done some really good things. He handled the ball, a couple of Dr. J-type dunks in that tournament. Tell me about him and, you know, why he's gotten so much better.
11: He just worked. I mean, he's been a year in the program and just worked his tail off. He wants to be coached. And you start looking at his numbers, Gordon, like the three games there. I mean, Jamin was uh, 15 for 27 from the field, 45% from the uh, three, 72 from the line. Lettison rebounding eight, average right at 13. I mean, he really did. He just, he was just solid. And. Yesterday led us in rebounding with 10. Got beat on some drives late that we've got to clean up. But but it's just his work habit, his attitude, wants to be coached. And uh, he just really got himself in really good basketball shape.
4: That's where I was going to go, Coach, because the times that, that I've been there in those two home games and had a conversation with him, he said the biggest thing was my body has changed and I feel different physically. And I think that's what we can see on the floor.
11: Yeah, I mean, I, it goes from his diet... Sleep. I mean, he's worried about everything he puts in his body. Uh, I mean, he's just on a great, you know, regiment. That's that's what really good players do, and uh,
0: he did. His
11: body fat has gone way down. You can see, I mean, maybe played in too many minutes, but he played over 30 minutes for most of those three games down there. He's in excellent shape. Uh, So he's just going to keep getting better and better. Now we've got to get some guys behind him. You know, Robert kind of re his knee a little bit in the practice uh, preceding Orlando. Uh, he tried to play. I don't think he had the same pop that he's had. But we got to get him and Josh Mabala. thought Malik Ewing had two or three good minutes yesterday. So now we got to get some other guys to, to keep coming too.
5: What, what is the deal, Kermit, with Mabala? Um, I, I thought he'd be getting 20, 25 minutes. Has he, mm-hmm. he got any nagging injuries or anything?
11: You know, he's getting healthier and healthier, Chuck. Uh, you know, it was just kind of, you know, we tried to start him one game and play him at the five. He wasn't real comfortable, so we got to get him back to the to the four. Uh, he has been hampered, I mean, from a knee and a hamstring and all that. But he's he's healthy now, Chuck. And uh, I just met with Josh for a long time, a few minutes ago. We watched a bunch of tape, and uh, I do. I, I think he'll have a good week of practice. But for our team to really reach a high ceiling, Chuck, Josh needs to really start playing, and uh, we got to get him more opportunities to get out there and uh, have his presence felt. Because he's a really good player,
6: Coach. Hopefully this Saturday you're going to get roughing and back. And I mean, I know this is a good problem to have, but you're so you're so deep at guard now. How does how did things change? Are you going to get roughing in with Abram and with Morel and pro- possibly Caldwell? You thought about maybe even running a four guard set at times you got so many good players to choose from here.
11: Yeah, you know, uh, Deshaun's playing. He saw the doc today. His knee looks really, really good. Uh, you know, he went on the trip, did a lot of individual workouts. He hadn't really been in a team workout yet in a while. So tomorrow he'll go through an individual workout, uh, non-contact on Wednesday, integrate into some five-on-five. The biggest thing is we just, we're just we still seeing the long-term picture with, with Deshaun this year. And we just want him to make sure he feels good. I think the biggest thing about these injuries like that is just how he responds when he kind of plays. And so we hope that he can get some minutes against Memphis, but that's going to be strictly how he responds. But I know he's prepping like he's going to play. And to answer your question, uh, you know, because Moe was getting in a great rhythm. It was great for him to be co-SEC Freshman of the Week, very well-deserving. Uh, can we play he and Mo together? We sure can, you know. And uh, can you play him and Matt and – uh, mow together, you can. Now we gotta be a better rebounding team because Matt only got six rebounds in the tournament. He's gotta do better than that if we're gonna play a smaller lineup. So uh like you said, we've got some depth at those fights. But I sure hope for Deshaun's sake that he can come back, stay healthy and and really make some great progress start playing.
6: Coach, uh I thought I thought the story of the tournament was just your Two freshman guards, uh, particularly uh, talking about, um, you know, the guys that you brought in this year. The, they're dynamite, Codwell and, and Abram. I mean, I I don't know if anybody saw them coming along this quickly. Did you before the season started? Did you ever dream that they would be to this point this quickly?
11: You know, I, you know, Mo averaging twenty-one a game in that. Tournament against that high competition, I don't know, but yeah, they're both really good players and good guys, and they got real good basketball IQ. I mean, you can tell how good a player they're going to be in time. I and mean, they both, but they led us in in scoring yesterday, you know. And uh, uh, and like I said, I, I can't I can't emphasize enough now about TJ's toughness for a young guy. I'm telling you, like he's in a boot and he plays. And so, uh, but I'm proud of them. They're both going to be good. Malik Ewing's going to be a good player. I tell you what else. And had a chance. Robert Coward's going to be good. Just just remember that. He's going to be a really good player. It's just we got some depth at that spot, and he's young. But, yeah, those two guys, are. they has got to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And uh, I can't wait to see where they're going to be, hope, hopefully early February.
5: 25 of 39 uh, for Abram on the tournament. I mean, my gosh, I don't know what more you can ask from a point guard.
11: Yeah, he, you know, 10 assists, five turnovers. And yesterday – Five assists, one turnover, against a really good defensive team. Uh, you know, so yeah, it was just an unbelievable uh, three days for him. We changed a few things up offensively. They got him more in the middle of the court of the floor, and then he, he did really good in transition. And so, yeah, he it really was. It, it was a great tournament for Mo. I hope that gave him some great, great confidence. Uh, and probably the biggest thing I was excited about for him, Chuck, was that after he had 26 the first night, kind of came out not not having his best stuff took him out early uh and he responded really well in the second half so that was good for a young guy to bounce back within a game and play good
7: coach y'all play memphis towards the end of the week you know they're a high rpi team what do you expect from them and how are you going to play them
11: yeah you know it's a uh, uh, as penny all the Penny's teams do they play extremely hard uh, they played well down there. They lost that last second bank shot to, to Seaton Hall. Uh, but uh, athletic, two veteran guards. Is there two more veteran guards in college basketball uh, than, than Lomax and the kid from SMU? I mean they just they're just not really. I mean they both kind of fit to your guys. And so a very veteran, uh, the big fellow, Around the goal, very good. I mean, just, they've just they got a well-put-together team, guard extremely hard, play fast in transition, always tough to beat there. Uh, but I know it's a game both teams are looking forward to, two really good teams, and I uh, hope there's two NCAA tournament teams playing on Saturday.
6: Coach, uh, last question here. I, th- I think you did an excellent job with your non-conference schedule. As we know, that's so important when it becomes selection time. And then with the – with the conference play coming in, so many teams are playing well. We've all seen what Alabama did, Tennessee did, and Mississippi State's undefeated. The SEC is going to be brutal. But I think the way the schedule lays out, it gives you a little room to continue to let your team grow. Just talk about how you set up this schedule.
11: Yeah, you know, the eight new guys, uh, and it's a good point, uh, you know, we tried to – challenge ourselves in the first four games, which we did, which we think are some teams that can sure be NCAA tournament teams in their league. Obviously went to ESPN, the Disney World tournament to play who we played. Uh, And then, you know, obviously at Memphis, great RPI game. And you come back and, you know, you got teams like Valparaiso, Central Florida Temple North Alabama so I do I think they've got a great stretch of, of games that our fans can really latch onto our team and hopefully come out and start watching our team hopefully have a good faith uh, good showing in Memphis a lot of double fans will show up in the in the FedEx so you do and you start thinking about our early uh, conference schedule you know Tennessee Auburn Alabama and Mississippi State two of them on the road and so you know, it's just it's just going to be a difficult schedule for everybody uh, but you're right i think you have some unbelievable opportunities to play some ranked teams
4: all right coach we appreciate some time on this monday night good luck to you saturday in memphis all
11: right guys always great thanks, coach. Thank you, coach. thanks coach
4: that's thanks, you kermit davis with us you, you know uh, we we talk about what they did there and you know, the bracketologies are already coming out. You know, we had isn't that crazy that, we had the question on Twitter, and they were the first team out of Joe Lennardi's <laughs> on ESPN. The the last one. Now he probably will update his tomorrow. And a lot of those go by and get based off of a guy named Ken Pomeroy, the Ken Pom is what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and right now Ole Miss in Ken Pom is number fifty two, which puts them pretty much right on the bubble early on um Memphis will be as as Gordon pointed out a really good RPI kit whatever those kind of games whatever it is yeah. uh to go and play win it or lose it on the road um so it'll be a good test for them I think it'll be you'll know a lot more about this team which I think we did find out this uh, this weekend those young guys can go no oh, they,
6: they have they, they haven't had two guys like that enter the program I don't know maybe since the post, Provine Pro posse Chuck is it's been a long, long time. Imagine
5: when Ruffin comes back. No,
6: it's. I mean, right. they got star power. Yep, they Matthew Morell is not going to play like that, like he did in the tournament. And that I mean, he played as bad as he could play. Well,
4: right, you know, You know, what we were talking about it prior to coming on, right? At the last two minutes, he had open shots that are going to go in for him, and yeah. they did not at the back end of that game.
6: Last five shots of the game for Morell, he mm-hmm. went oh for four. Right, and they and were open, points.
4: like they yeah. were open looks. Yeah. He's going to knock down a couple of those, and you're yeah. going to win those games more time than not.
5: Well he was two for eight, three for nine, and
6: first game he didn't play but about five six, for eight fourteen. Minutes. Yeah.
5: So that's that's well below his normal shooting average. And uh the, the the one question I wanted to ask Kermit that I think they're struggling a little bit is three point defense. I, I saw something today that they're ranked three hundred and fourteenth in the country in three point defense and Kind of have to extend it a little bit, sounds like.
4: C Spire Connerly Trophy awarded to the top college player in the state at the end of the football season. All week, uh, all year long, we have uh, given you each week here on Rebel Yell Hotline first the standout players from each football playing university and college in the state. And then, of course, we've got the 10 nominees to choose from. And let's start uh, with the four schools that were still left playing.
5: Sophomore quarterback Jackson Dart, the player of the week for the Rebels. The Utah native had his best game, I thought, 30 of 38 for 250 yards and two touchdowns in Ole Miss's 24-22 loss in the Egg Bowl.
7: Mississippi State, Nathaniel Watson is our player of the week for the Dogs. The Alabama native had 10 tackles, 2.5 tackles for a loss, a sack, in MSU's 24-22 win over Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl.
6: Yeah, I, th- I think Nathaniel's – Probably Mississippi State's best player on their team. Just watching it through the year, and he showed it again in that Egg Bowl. Although Emmanuel Forbes is going to be, uh, I mean, really, really good, but I think he had even a bigger impact on State's team. For Southern Miss, senior running back Frank Gore Jr. is our player of the week for the Eagles. The Miami native finished out in style with 238 yards and a touchdown in USM's 2010 win over ULM. Out of that kid, gets
4: him in a bowl game too, right? It six sure and does. six southern miss delta states with sophomore running back alfonso franklin is the player of the week for the statesman had a game high 137 yards rushing two touchdowns delta states heartbreaking 38 27 loss to west florida in the second round of the d2 playoffs west florida came over uh from two touchdowns down in the fourth quarter to win that game
6: yeah that was tough are they out they're out yeah they're up two touchdowns with about nine minutes left chuck and lost the game
4: and so the 10 nominees for the Connerly Trophy again Alcorn State's Jarvey and Howard, the running back, Bell Havens, Connor Fordham, who's a linebacker, Delta State Batesville native, and quarterback Patrick Shegog, Jackson State quarterback Shadur Sanders, Millsaps Moise Tezo. I just wanted to read them so I could say Moise's name one more time. Uh, Mississippi College Marcus Williams from Mississippi State, Emmanuel Forbes, the defensive back from Grenada. Mississippi Valley was Ronnie Thomas, who tackled. Uh, many, many guys uh, for that uh, Delta Devil team uh, at Ole Miss. Quinshon Juckins, the running back, and so the miss was Jason Brownlee at wide receiver.
6: It's hard to argue with any of those players for those teams. Only one I would, I know what Forbes has done, and you know, set the SEC record for returns, picks for a touchdown. But that Nathaniel Watson, now I tell you what, uh, I think he maybe had 120 something tackles on the season, but. He caused all kind of havoc for that old miss offensive line. He's he's a baller.
5: The flash. They went with the flash of Forbes and not, yeah. not, not the consistent play.
6: Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the only one that I would have taken a second look at.
5: I think Mr. Judkins is going to win that award,
6: though. when you win the SEC rushing record as a true freshman, the first. Uh, since Herschel Walker. It'd be hard not to pick it. <laughs> yeah. Now the Egg Bowl loss does kind of sour the season, but this should be an individual That's award correct. for the best player. And there's no question that Junkins was the best player.
4: We'll discuss recruiting. We've got good, bad, and ugly. And we'll finish up the program in just a few with the Rebel Yell Hotline.
1: Get the best in men's apparel at Great Scott, located at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. They've been serving you for 35 years and voted top 50 men's clothing store in Esquire Magazine. Along with a great clothing selection, they offer a full-service old-fashioned barbershop. Their store hours are 930 to 6 Monday through Friday and 930 to 5 on Saturdays. Take note, the J&M Collection Fall Trunk Show is Thursday, November 17th with special event pricing. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out, Great Scott, located at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. Employers, are you paying too much for your group health insurance? If so, call Connie Brazell with Morgan White Group. Connie can show our proprietary premium saver plan, which can save you as much as 18 to 20% on your group health insurance premium. Connie can also show you our employee needs too, offering human resource guidance, payroll solutions, 401k retirement plans, and senior services. Morgan White Group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of Mississippi, servicing all of your health, dental, vision, and life insurance needs. Call Connie today at 662-259-5552.
2: miss
1: more of the rebel yell hotline presented by Canon motors coming up next
4: we'll wrap up another show gary chuck gordon yancey all in studio with you time for the red and blue chips recruiting segment since 1976 go orthodontics has been offering friendly affordable quality smiles oxford saltillo south haven corinth and collierville check them out if you, by the way, need braces or Invisalign, mention Rebel Yell Hotline for $500 off. Let's go,
6: Yancey. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Mississippi prospects that were at the Egg Bowl. Um, everybody's familiar with them. I counted it up. Every four or five star in the state of Mississippi for the next three classes were at this Egg Bowl. So let's start with them. Centarian, get Perkins out of Raleigh. Aiden Williams, the wide receiver, out of Richland. Jamaris Brown, the defensive tackle out of uh, Moss Point. All three of those are committed to Ole Miss. We're at the game. Uh, 2023 safety Isaac Smith out of Itawamba AHS. He is the top non-committed player from Mississippi, still available. Dante Dowell, a big old running back, 6'2", 215. That would look good. He's still committed to Oregon. I think it's gonna be a hard flip, but he came back for a second week. Gary, in the last month, intended the game. Braylon Burnside, a 24-receiver out of Startville. Daniel Hill, a 24-athlete out of Meridian. Jeffrey Rush, a 24-defensive tackle out of Gula. 24-wide receiver Nolan White out of Ocean Spring. Good to see the coast getting some prospects back down there. 24-wide receiver J.J. Harrell out of North Panola. 25-5-star receiver Caleb Cunningham out of Ackerman. 25 um, four-star Jacoby Hobson out of Horn Lake and 25 QB Emily Parcilla out of Madison. Uh, good to see another four-star quarterback. All those guys, guys, were ranked, are, are ranked in the top uh, 250 prospects in the country in those three classes. So Ole Miss did his part by getting all those players up to Oxford. Uh, some more football tidbits. Ole Miss commits and Taryn get Perkins uh, help the Lions reach the – 3A state championship game for the first time since 1995. He had 158 yards rushing, 11 tackles on defense. Um, Another thing of note that I would say, out of the 14 Ole Miss commitments, none of them have publicly said they're wavering because of the Ole Miss coaching situation with Was Lane staying or going. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Ole Miss four-star running back target. Christopher Johnson out of Miami took an official visit to Clemson when it was really thought to be down to Ole Miss in Miami. Now Clemson looks to be getting involved. Ole Miss running back target Kedrick Raskako out of Texas moved to the on-three um, sports number five running back in the country. And according to on-three sports RPM meter, Ole Miss has a 95% chance to sign him. Now to the basketball tidbit, t- Gordon. Josh
7: Hubbard, the four-star signee that Ole Miss had early out of Madison, Mississippi, has started his senior season on fire like a human torch. The last four games, he his stat line has gone from 39, 38, 42, and 47. That's some shooting there, my friend.
4: And in baseball, the 2022 class finished number two. Their 2023 class is currently number six. 2024 Just moved into the top 10 when a natty and it happens almost never had back to back top 10 classes prior to the NIL area. That's our recruiting now for some good, bad, and ugly. Well,
5: the good. is good. We got Lane Kiffin locked down to be our football coach with a new contract. The man ain't perfect, but who among us is? And he's a heck of a football coach. And I sure didn't want to start over with a new regime, Uh, Lane has been given one of the best contracts in the country, and Ole Miss fans have responded with excellent NIL money, which is now over $10 million. It's time to go to work and move us forward. Eight and four is not going to get it. Got to do better. The basketball team went to the finals in their tournament last week and went two and one, beating Stanford and Siena and having Oklahoma on the hook before letting them wriggle out late in the finals. Nice, productive week for Kermit Davis's hoopsters. The bad to let Mississippi State come into our house and beat us in the Egg Bowl game played in the rain was just plain bad. Chalk it up to whatever you want. The team being distracted with all the chatter surrounding Lane and Auburn, being out coached, being out played. I don't care what the reason was, it was just plain bad. After gaining a 16 7 lead and then losing 24 22 was inexcusable. The Revs scored one touchdown in the whole second half, and it came in the final two minutes of the game. Check this out. With eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss had four yards of total offense in the second half. Hell, that that falls under the category of ugly more than bad.
6: <laughs> it's really ugly. I just didn't understand why they didn't counter the zero blitzes, Chuck, with some misdirections, some slip screens, what you normally do. When you're rushing eight people with five offensive linemen, no tight ends to block them. I think they could have eaten their lunch doing that, but they – refused to do well, it they just kept playing right I, I, I'm a, the
5: one complaint i've had about the offense this year is that and lane even said it saturday night i mean thursday night uh there have been games they haven't adjusted very well and they didn't certainly didn't adjust against mississippi state
4: yeah he mentioned that in the post-game interview that they just lined up came right at the quarterback played defensive backs one-on-one and they did not adjust and they mm-hmm. did not
6: handle that that's why i think you'll see quite a few coaches leave this year
4: That'll wrap up uh, the month of November with another Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline for Yancey Gordon. Chuck, hey, we'll come back. Maybe we'll have some good stuff for you next week, all right? In the meantime, thanks for being with us. Thanks to Will East who ran things back in the studio tonight. Rhino, my friend, get well, uh, feel good, get better, and all of that stuff. We'll be back next Monday night. So long. Howdy toddy.